0: Good evening. Today is Monday, September 11th, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is Into Action and Step 9, and our speaker tonight is Amy L.
1: Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Liz, for your service. Um, Thank you, everyone. I'm Amy L. in California compulsive eater living in recovery one day at a time and I am actually quite nervous so I'm going to just close my eyes and do a little prayer and please everyone feel free to join me in in your own prayer. Um, God please fill me with your infinite love and acceptance so I may know your peace and power and protection. Take away my fear, my worries, my strivings, my pride, and help me to show up in honesty, humility, and be useful to my dear fellows. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So, I am very grateful to be here. I have to admit, I have a part of me that when I'm asked to speak, there's a very old part of me that feels, well, I'm not the right person. I don't have the, you know, my recovery isn't as good as yours or that whole compare despair. And what I've learned in program, well, many things, but one is to, suit up and show up, my first real sponsor taught me that many, many years ago, but also that that I have a way to give those fears to my God, that I am not, I don't have to stay so small as I make myself. And I say that because I figure in all these little squares, there are others who may sometimes make themselves small. And to me, that's what this whole way of life is about. Lack of power is our dilemma. Page 45, big book, I think. And we learn how to connect to a power greater that allows us to do what we could never do alone. So I just wanted to start with that. Um, And just to give a very brief, Qualifying, just so you know, I am one of you. Um, I always ask sponsees I work with when they're not sure if they are the true compulsive eater, the true alcoholic. I ask, Did food rule your life? Food, body image, did it rule your life? Because to me, that's the question. And I knew from a young age it ruled my life um i i i believe food was always very important but i also had my thumb when i was young and believe it or not that helped me and when i couldn't do it at an age in public i hid it and when i couldn't hide it i dove deeper into the food and so my story is that in my you know puberty 12 and up i really got hijacked by this disease and honestly you know I missed school missed graduations missed funerals missed weddings missed you know missed life and i have a long time in program i came into the rooms well, um in, in new york city actually when i was 25 i think i read about it in dear abby oa and I'm dating myself. And, um, you know, I didn't get so much about program as a young person. I mean, I am bowled over when young people come in and get it. I didn't. I, it was scary to me. I was extraordinarily shy at that age. And I never spoke <laughs> for six months. So I left. But I came back. I always remembered there was a place I could go where other people ate from the trash, where other people closed the blinds and didn't pick up the phone. And so I came back in my 30s. I left. I came back in my 40s. I had my first spiritual awakening in my 40s um, when I worked the steps. But I'm in my 60s now, and I'm actually working the steps again, a a longer one year, like deep dive. And it's my fourth time working the steps. And I have had relapses, some very short and some long. Thank you. So that's all I'll say about that. Perfect. Um, Because I want to get into step nine. So, you know, I've heard it say step one to three, we learn to get right with God, with our, with a higher power. Steps four through eight, we learn to get right with ourselves. We clear away the wreckage of the past that blocks us from that power. Step nine to 12, we learn to get right with others. And here we are at step nine. But I I also want to say, I've read or I heard that the steps are like a spiral staircase, that it's not just straight up and straight down. Um, you know, and I think of a spiral staircase, I think of that turning that when I climb up, I can peer as I turn the corner and I see down. So when I'm in step nine, I'm still reviewing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And when i get to 12 i mean i'm living in 10 11 12 but i have to admit my powerlessness and my reliance on god every day so it's always that spiral and i love that but now to talk about step nine um we learn in uh, earlier in the big book Bill talks about the bedevilments. And, you know, I think we're most of us are familiar with that, but the all the ways we are in bondage of self. And every one of those was true. I had terrible fear of people. I wasn't able to make money in my youth. I really struggled uh, when I was in really the the grip of my disease. Um, And I also had so many experiences in life that should have convinced me that I had to let go of this, but I couldn't. And I believe when you're a true alcoholic, a true compulsive eater, no human power can allow us to give it up. And that's very humbling, but it's also a very hopeful message. So today I I just wanna share some of the, the hope that working the steps has has changed me in so many ways. And, you know, I came back to program in my 40s because I went through an experience with my mother who died and she was a compulsive eater like me. It didn't show on her body. I've been all different weights. I've been 70 pounds more than I weigh now. And 30 pounds less. I've been obese. I've been anorexic. You could not look at me and know how I really was. And my mom died a death full of regrets deep. She suffered in life and she suffered in death. And I knew that would be me. And so I came back. And also, when I came back again later, I came back because. My daughter was watching me binge and I saw forward that my the way I lived would be her legacy. And I didn't want that for her. So I feel like we heal, we recover. And I really believe generations before us heal and recover with us and my children heal and recover and to me that I can't explain it if anyone wants to talk to me about it I'm happy to so step nine I was taught there are different amends there's direct amends indirect amends and living amends and I want to talk a little bit about each when I first worked worked the steps in my 40s I made a lot of direct amends to the people in my life uh, in my family, my husband, my children were very young at the time. And those were very powerful. Um, but I, you know, you only know what you know. And then I do feel looking back, I was doing a lot of things still on my will. And I didn't really have an understanding of step six, seven, eight. Um, I didn't really understand how to look at why, what was motivating my behavior, what were the deep fears under it. You know, I worked the step using the OA workbook back then. So I had some powerful experiences. I mean, I have to say my daughter, bless her, I gave her a card as an amend that said, I will not yell at you when I put your hair up. We used to have so many fights about her hair and i didn't do it perfectly but she would show me that card <laughs> and i was accountable and it mattered and i don't think today she looks at me as a mom who yells a, a lot but as i worked the steps over coming back from relapse um things i i just got a deeper understanding of what was driving my behavior. And, you know, some of those amends I wanted to make the first round, but I was scared to make, um, for example, gossiping, I I was so addicted to gossiping at work, I truly didn't know who I would be. It was like that proverbial, like, I'll be the hole in the donut. And, and I didn't really stop. I mean, maybe I tempered it a little, but that was the best I could do back then. And I say that because if there's anybody here new or working the steps for the first time, I really believe like we we do the best we can. And it's all God, it's all higher power and it comes in its own time. And I look at it that I have my lifetime to keep doing this work. I never graduate, thank God. And I get to each day try to show up as a better person. So if you're new or you're you know thinking, oh my God, I can't do all those amends. You know, we, we do what we can and more shall be revealed. I love that line in the big book. So I want to just share a couple things um, about indirect amends. You know, I had stolen food when I, I was young, um, I didn't even remember the roommates I took from, but I did as an amend, I make a contribution every year to an organization that fights hunger, and that's a kind of amend. Um, And some other kind of indirect amends I I wanna share because they were very powerful for me and maybe would help others. Um, I had an experience when um, my, my last time working the steps, which was about two and a half years ago when I became abstinent again. And there was someone at work, Kathy. Uh, she was a fellow, I'm a clinical social worker. She was a, a fellow, a colleague. And and um, she told me from the get go, I want you to know, she actually took me out to lunch. She said, I want you to know, Amy, I was in no part, um, I was no part I had no part in hiring you. In fact, I didn't feel we needed another social worker. So she put her foot down and man, did I struggle. I struggled with her so much. I had such a resentment. I didn't act on it. Like I was never hostile, but I would say I was definitely passive aggressive with her. And I, um I was competitive with her. I judged her very harshly. I she didn't ask me anything about myself and I didn't ask her anything about herself and that's how it was. And I worked the steps and I learned the resentment prayer to you know show me how to show Kathy kindness, tolerance, compassion. She is spiritually sick just as I am. And I prayed it every day for months and I couldn't let go of this resentment. And then one day, and to me, this is the really mysterious God shot part, how step nine sometimes works. One day I was standing with another colleague, a, a nurse who I loved, I adored her and she's an angel. And she she took me and she pulled me close and she says, Amy, I just was with Kathy and oh my God, we are so blessed to have her. She has such a golden heart and it was so touching and so true and she cut through my heart. The love in her heart cut my heart open. And I can't explain that. And I never could do that on my own. And, and my resentment in that moment shifted because I got to see Kathy with God's eyes through a colleague who loved her. You know, it's like that You know, sh- soldier who's pointing the rifle at you in a war is somebody's son. <laughs> somebody's loved one and I feel like step nine like that's to me the most mysterious and beautiful part is that we are transformed our hearts are transformed and five minutes great we learn self forgiveness and other forgiveness because they are inextricably linked when I forgave Kathy, I forgave myself for being a bitch because I wasn't myself. I was my small self. And after that, I invited her for lunch. I didn't really talk about it, but I changed my behavior. And making amends is not about saying, I'm sorry. It's about repair. And, And again, we can't do that in a hollow way. We have to, we have to do it with an open heart. So I also just a moment want to share on amends to those who have died. I've made a lot of amends to my mother who has been gone about 15 years. Um, Very powerful amends. And again, I could never do that. Amy, and again, I come from, a you know, as many of us from a, a very distressing distressed family but and I hated my mother and I once as a woman took her little wrists in my hand and wanted to snap them I say that because in my heart I felt I am a murderer that hatred was so big and so for me to grow forgiveness in my heart to be able to talk to my mom and say, mom, I'm so sorry. I hurt you and I couldn't love you better. And I want to build a relationship with you. That's a miracle. And I have gone for walks with my mother. Again, it may sound hokey, but I read it in a Thich Nhat Hanh book. <laughs> you can walk with your hands, and I do and I've had incredible experiences so the work continues and i see my mom smiling at me so i want to end with that you know i want to really end with the promises because to me i used to read the promises the ninth step promises and meetings and i'd always tear up because i felt god when i read them and i didn't even believe in god then i had no idea but it filled some yearning in my heart. So I'm gonna read to you the promises. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. And I'm here to tell you, as someone who fell back into the food multiple times. This miracle is here for each and every one of us. Each and every, and if you have your camera off, I know how that feels. And maybe you have a really, you know, sometimes you're working or whatever, I don't mean that. But I mean, if you're hiding, I know how that feels. We know how that feels. So come join us. So much love here. And thank you so much for allowing me to share and be of service, thank you.
0: Gosh, Amy, thank you. Thank you for that share, touched my heart. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me see. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine, if you're on the phone and the Zoom host, or I will call the raise hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Um, Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announcement time is up. If the speaker has asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer and. I see Jamie B. You're up. First, thank you. Wow. I didn't realize I was going to be the first one. <laughs>
2: Usually I'm the last one to raise my hand. Um, I am. Oh, I'm so sorry. Of course, my dog is in a bark right now. I'm Jamie, a recovering compulsive uh, over overeater. Um, I'm going to cry in the chair. i have literally bawled. Um Amy L., I've never heard you speak other than. Um, shares before and I told my sponsor today because I typically go to another meeting on Monday nights and I just told her I was at work I said I don't know I have the feeling that I'm supposed to go to CYOC tonight because they're talking about step nine and I'm not on step nine yet I'm on step four Um, but like I shared with somebody it's like step four you're kind of like in the cesspool of all your you know, that's been blocking you, you know, and weighting you down. Uh, I, too, have made myself small. I can have a loud mouth, but really, I've felt really small most of my life. And I mean, I took down so many notes of what you said, but I think what really got me is I, well, I would say I made the decision today, but I I feel like God showed me what to do. Um, to make a decision about my mom. My mom is at the top of my resentment list. I think I had like 30 something resentments against my mom. And um, there was a decision made today that really was like a shift. I, I can't even fully grasp it, but it's one that I felt like God showed me that my family could interpret it as like, a fatal blow um right now but in order for me to recover and I had a dream about this recently where my mom and I were like almost living right on top of each other and it it hit me it's like I wonder if this you know had to be kind of cut off or severed right now because I can't recover being up under her and my family's armpit or up their butt so to speak and I put myself out there I take responsibility for that but maybe in order for the healing this big thing had to happen and I felt a lot of peace around it um thank you um but I actually feel compassion I can't believe I'm crying um and my sponsor's on here too um I'm just feeling compassion for my mom in this decision that God would give her peace. And this compassion's kind of new because I've sometimes felt like, man, I wish she would just go on and go and my life would be better. So this is really different. So I thank you, Amy. Probably going to be calling you and thank you other Amy for timing it all fast.
0: Thank you, Jamie. And Angela, you're up. Thank you.
3: Hey, everyone. I am Angela, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater, and bulimic. Oh, so beautiful. Everybody's faces. Love, love, love this meeting. Um, Thank you to everyone who's doing service here. And um, Amy L., I just love you from the bottom of my heart. Um, There, uh, you know, early when I came into this room, which is where we met, uh, I realized that Uh the way uh the way I felt after we spoke um was was the warm and fuzzy that I needed, you know, it was the kind way. It was not gonna be more self-loathing and it wasn't gonna be me feeling bad about myself, um, not doing enough or not being enough. Um and uh and so I really uh, I'm really, really drawn to that way of approaching the program. And, uh, I would say that is the way I sponsor, uh, because that is, um, that is what resonates for me, right. Is just to be in complete acceptance of who I am at this point in my life. And, um, you know, to, to, to work towards that, right. To accept myself as opposed to keep thinking I'm going to just keep improving myself. Right. Um, so I love how you laid out, um, the different types of amends. Uh, and, uh, you know, I hear a theme here and I'm also kind of right there with the mother thing. Um, my mom passed, uh, four months ago now, and I have to tell you, I've never lost anybody that has affected me this deeply. And of course I would say to myself of yes, right. That makes perfect sense. Um, and yet, I am coming to a place now of really feeling like, um, like, like, like she is at peace. Like I did do enough. Like I gave her everything that she wanted. Um, and and I have to tell you, the peace that I'm having, this feels like, um, you know, uh, an amends after someone dies. Actually, right? Um, is that uh, you know a living amends? It feels like. Um, it, it, it's what I need to move forward. Right. And, uh, and I, I, you know, my gift, you know, is, is, is to be the best that I can be. Right. And to, uh, and to be of service in a way that I'm whole. And um, when I'm injured and, um, and not feeling good about myself, um, I, I, I don't have much to give. Right. Don't have much to give. So I really um, I, I love the message I heard tonight of self-compassion and about loving myself through this and accepting myself and knowing that, um, you know, I'm I'm doing the best that I can. Thank you. And that um, that the amends process is what set me free and program, it absolutely is such a big part of what set me free. So thank you so much. Thanks again, Amy, love you.
0: Thank you, Angela. Nancy P., you can share.
4: Hello, Nancy P., Recovered in Western Massachusetts. Amy, that was excellent. Talk about still waters running deep. Who knew, Um, I always, as usual, thought I knew. I loved your share, especially um, the daughter being a daughter and a and a mother of a daughter. I um, I my mother was sick in a nursing home for ten years with a stroke, unfortunately, and um, she you know I finally choked out my secret that I was so angry with her that she had had a stroke, and um, you know she was in this program for 33 years before she had her stroke and um, had recovered many, many years. And, you know, I was telling her crying, saying, I'm so angry, you know, she, I was always angry with her, you know, she couldn't do anything right. Like, you know, my my daughter treats me like I'm slow and stupid and um, I'm neither. And, you know, I treated my mother like that too. And um, I said, I'm so angry with you that you had a stroke. I'm crying all the time and I hate it. And she said, well, I'm not too crazy about it either. And, you know, we both laughed a little and, you know, when the last thing that I said to her and that she said to me before she died was she never wanted me to leave. And she said, I love you. And I'm like, I love you. And she says, I love you more than you love me. And I said, I know because I have a daughter too. And then, you know, my daughter had terrible problems with mental health issues and self-harming and cutting and burning herself. And, you know, I, I, I feel like it was my fault because I just shrieked at her for the first 10 years of her life. And when I made amends, when I recovered, I was not allowed to say sorry or apologize. I put that on myself. And, um, but I told her that I knew that I had done that and I knew how bad it must've felt. And I hoped that she would forgive me and that if she ever felt like I was getting to be that shrieking harpy that I used to be, if she could tell me, and um, you know, I'm not proud or, or happy. I'm grateful that I have not raised my voice to her in almost six years. And um, I, I'm just so grateful because, you know, she changed, I changed, and we're very close today. Um, she's kind and, and she forgave me for all my digressions. And, you know, mothers and daughters and you know, women together can be tough. And um, I'm just so grateful today that that I'm forgiven and I've been reborn that'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy. And Maureen, please unmute and you can share.
5: Hi, everybody. I'm Maureen in New Jersey. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thanks, Liz, for your service and everyone else. Uh, Amy B. Um, uh, Amy, uh, you know, I just love listening to you because you exude compassion. And, you know, that's the one thing that, that really draws me to you, uh, when you're speaking and tonight was, was just really sweet, just really sweet, you know, talking about these issues and, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes the ninth step can be, you know, sometimes I hear people struggle with that, but, you know, I know what you were talking about with the process with, uh, putting it out there and, and, um, uh, you know, praying for this, this other person. When, when you said, <laughs> this is how my mind works. When you, when you said that, that the, the nurse, um, uh, would started talking about your coworker and, you know, in a very compassionate and, 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 you know, enduring way I'm thinking, Oh, great. Now everyone else is talking. <laughs> about how how good she is you know and like in in my mind i'm thinking that's kind of like a a reason to go back there and have a resentment so that's it's just crazy but anyway what i what i really wanted to say is um that you know I, thank god i could make a ninth step uh with my with both my parents um they were both very different but i think also one thing that you said about you know wasn't um not being able to to, you know, love you the way that, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you said love love your mom the way that you wanted to or love her the way, I forget how you said that, but, you know, that that's true with my mother, you know, when I did the ninth step, I tried to talk to her a little bit, um, you know, uh, apologize and, you know, to make amends and everything. And she was just like, very like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, like she, she wasn't having it. She wasn't like, she didn't want to go there. She, it was a couple of weeks before she passed away and it was just like, it was such a sweet moment, you know, it like, like melted, everything melted. And then the other experience that I had that was really profound for me is, um, my writing a letter to my grandmother who was mentally ill and in the hospital. And the thing was, is I didn't visit her, you know, she was in the mental hospital for 50 years and I didn't want to visit her. I was so ashamed and everything like that, you know, and, and doing this letter, I just actually found it like a month ago. I didn't even know that I still had it anyway. So this, this program definitely gives us the opportunity to see miracles in action. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Maureen. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. With the Zoom host, please stop the recording.